Today on Ag News Daily. Building a brand around a retail store here in Corning, Iowa. And the brand is advocating for respecting the hard thing. Good morning, listeners. Welcome to another episode here on this Friday, September 29th edition of the Ag News Daily Podcast. Delaney Howell flying solo today, and this is going to be our last podcast of September, oddly enough to say here as we head into October next week. But we've got an action-packed episode today, a fun Friday episode to send everyone out to the weekend. And hopefully, as you head out into the weekend, you are heading out to do some harvesting. Although some folks up in Wisconsin and Minnesota certainly aren't starting harvesting yet. was chatting with one farmer today in Wisconsin who got another three quarters of an inch of rain and it hasn't rained all summer. And he said, now it won't quit. So hopefully if you are in that area, you're able to still get a prosperous harvest out of uh, this year. But as far as other weather headlines are related, I suppose this is somewhat weather related. Uh, Not really, but we can count it as such, maybe more astrology related. But for anyone that looked up into the sky last night, the harvest supermoon started to appear on Thursday. It'll wreak peak illumination here this morning on Friday morning. And of course, this happens every fall. But this year's supermoon here that we saw last night will be the final supermoon of 2023. Now, if you're curious as to why we get these harvest moons, and more specifically, this one that is a supermoon, the supermoon is a full moon. But it's known as a supermoon because the moon is at the nearest point in its orbit to Earth during their full moon phase. That's why it's known as the harvest moon. And for us, that usually happens during harvest season, hence the name. It will also be this year's fourth and final supermoon, however. The previous ones were in July and two in August. And uh, the two full moons in August... The second one was known as the blue moon, if you caught that one out your window. I missed that one, unfortunately. But the harvest moon will also have the potential to impact weather for millions on the East Coast. Because, of course, the moon's influence does impact tides. Higher tides are expected from the harvest moon. And upper-level remnants of tropical storm Ophelia will enhance coastal flooding along the tri-state area to the southeast. So I suppose this was a little bit of a weather headline also there as well. As we look at the government shutdown, that is looming and quickly approaching. Of course, that goes into effect on Sunday. If we don't see something passed today or tomorrow, But it's likely sounding that we are headed, in fact, into a government shutdown. After days of debate on a package of spending bills, the the House on late Thursday afternoon failed to pass the 2024 funding bill for the USDA and FDA with a losing vote of 191 to pass and 237 to deny. No Democrats voted for that bill, hence probably why it uh, did not pass. And three Republicans and two Democrats abstained from voting. Meanwhile, there are some prospects for passing legislation to stop the government shutdown as fiscal year ends on Sunday at midnight. The Senate moved forward with its continuing resolution 
with a passing vote to keep the government funded through November 17th. So now, of course, the House has to pass a complementary version of that. And that sounds like it's uh, going to be challenging, to say the least. When we think about agencies that are going to be impacted immediately from that, the trickle-down effect would impact agriculture in more ways than one. Of course, we've been talking about the WIC program, which would be immediately paused for about 7 million people, women and children. Approximately 50,000 USDA employees would be furloughed in FSA offices, Natural Resource Conservation Agency, and Rural Development and Agricultural Research Affairs offices. And that would impact every county across the nation. At a time when farmers are harvesting and looking for marketing loans, the FSA wouldn't be able to provide these direct services. Meanwhile, we also heard that it's likely the Farm Bill is now going to get kicked into 2024. Previously, we heard from Stabenow and many others that they were aiming for the end of this year. But seeing the challenges they're having getting a funding bill passed, it seems very likely that a Farm Bill is going to be hard to complete in 2023. So folks are now suggesting it's likely going to turn to 2024 and... Most programs will therefore run out of mandatory spending through the end of 2023. In other news, Trimble and Agco Corporation on Thursday announced a new $2 billion deal to form a joint venture to deliver innovations in the automation and autonomy space to agriculture. This new partnership between Agco and Trimble shows that Agco is acquiring an 85% interest in the Colorado-based Trimble Ag's portfolio for $2 billion in cash and the contribution of JCA Technologies to the joint venture. They said this is just the next step in a way to better be able to serve farmers looking for mixed fleet solutions across their tractors and implements that use the most efficient and sustainable technology. The Agco Trimble agreement is set to close in the first half of 2024, and we'll likely see some big things coming down the pipeline from that joint venture, I'm guessing, as early as 2024. Turning our attention down to Mexico, researchers this week at a top Mexican agricultural university showed the progress they've been making on producing a non-GM yellow corn seed to help replace imported grain from the United States which of course has been at the center of a major trade battle. Experts at the Autonomous University of Chapingo in the northeastern flank in Mexico City unveiled this new technology earlier this week as they have been working on developing a non-genetically modified corn that could still yield the same results as the GM corn does today. And of course, you may be thinking that this timeline is going to take quite some time to develop a seed variety of this sorts. And if so, you're certainly right. The fields they have been testing were planted in May of 2023 and will be tested in 24 with plans to release for planting as early as 2025. They said this project aims to take two years to develop enough non-GM seed varieties that are specifically able to be cultivated in Mexico to replace about 6 million of the 18 million metric tons of corn that the country currently imports from the United States. 
most of which is genetically modified yellow corn, hence why they've been focusing on that yellow corn, non-genetically modified variety. And of course, after months of tension over this policy, the latest update there was the U.S. requested back in August a dispute settlement panel under the USMCA agreement arguing that Mexico's plan is not based in science. And speaking of corn, China has made some large purchases of Ukrainian corn. An interesting dynamic here in this ongoing story, as of course we know China has also been recently meeting with North Korea and Russia as well. But Chinese importers are believed to have made a couple of very large purchases of animal feed from Ukraine in the past two weeks, according to traders in Asia and Europe. The traders were unable to say the precise volumes, but several said that it amounted to several thousand metric tons of Ukrainian corn. They said the reason for purchasing Ukrainian corn specifically was it's been the cheapest origin for corn as of now. And the Ukrainian government also said they could not confirm the the volume that was in question here. They said it was a good trend for Ukrainian corn overall, so they were definitely excited by the announcement of some large purchases here. As of course, Ukraine has a very similar growing season to the United States. They are also heading into harvest season, and Ukraine is expecting to see large volumes of corn for export this year. They're anticipating to be able to harvest about 25.6 million tons of corn and 19 tons, 19 million tons of which could be exported. So they, of course, are focusing on the best way to make that happen. A couple of meat headlines here. Brazilian meat packer JBS has began construction on a new $22 million project that they're calling Cultivated Meat that will be located in the JBS Biotech Innovation Center in Brazil, which is set to be complete by the end of 2024. They said as a leader in global protein, it's their responsibility to be at the forefront of the food industry, hence why they are focused on this large project to invest dollars to build a research facility looking at cultivated meat. And this is the first time, really, I think I've heard it called maybe cultivated protein, but of course, they'll be looking at non-animal protein options, such as hamburgers, sausages, and meatballs, to try and find the same quality, safety, flavor, and texture as traditional protein. And another beef-related headline here, the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Food Safety and Inspection Service, otherwise known as FSIS, as well as the USDA, confirmed that they are planning to start a new exploratory sampling program to assess whether products labeled as raised without antibiotics in the grocery store are actually without residue. This new program is really aimed to see if antibiotics are detectable in any sort of cattle that are being marketed as raised without antibiotics. And the agency first announced this plan back in June to strengthen the substantiation of various animal raising claims and ultimately to help with things like no antibiotics, no antibiotics ever, raised without antibiotics, antibiotic free, no antibiotics administered, and other related marketing claims to hopefully fingers crossed, at the end of the day, get down to one or two consolidated 
labels for that type of meat. And lastly here, as we look at the carbon pipeline program, a tentative plan was announced on Wednesday by state regulators that the carbon dioxide pipeline hearings will extend another two weeks. This is coming with a lot of heat, as folks on both sides of the issue said that this was hastily decided by the IUB board, and it's for some landowners preposterous to just jerk them around after day after day, week after week. But the Iowa Utilities Board chairperson said on Wednesday that it was initially difficult to predict how long the hearings would need to last, and insinuated that Excessive and unnecessary questioning of witnesses has delayed the process. Of course, those against the pipeline are upset because this will cut into the amount of folks that could argue against the pipeline as farmers are, of course, heading to the fields now and into the heart of harvest season. But it sounds like it's very likely that will be full steam ahead here for another few weeks. And with that, I am all out of headlines today, so let's go ahead and chat markets. As we take a look at the overnight markets here, heading into the opening session, December corn today down three quarters of a cent at 4.87 and three quarters. New crop beans down half a cent at $13. Chicago, December wheat up three and a half at 5.82 and a quarter. December hard red winter wheat up two and three quarters cents at 687 and three quarters and December spring wheat up three pennies today at 750. Livestock will open mostly higher on the board as they had a good trading session yesterday. October live cattle added $1.60 will open this morning at a buck 86.50. October feeder cattle added $2.47 and a half cents yesterday to open this morning at 254.72 and a half. And October lean hawks added a dollar eighty-two and a half yesterday. Will open this morning at eighty-three ninety-five. Folks, I am super excited for today's Friday interview conversation. So, without further ado, let's turn it over. Well, folks, as I mentioned, today's Friday conversation is going to be a fun one because I'm chatting today with Mason Brown, the manager of Fire and Salt Co. Mason, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning, Delaney. Thanks for having me. So Mason, I am super excited to dig into what is Fire and Salt Co. And to be fair, I just had one of your steaks last night and it was amazing. So I'm super excited to share this with our listeners today. Mason, walk us through what is Fire and Salt? Yeah, so the the what Fire and Salt is, it's a brand new approach to a beef-centric meat market. So uh, we're, we're building a brand around a retail store here in Corning, Iowa. And the brand is advocating for respecting the hard things. So it's not only the farmers and ranchers feeding the country and, and, the, and the world, it's also the backbone of the country. You know, those, those nurses, the doctors, the teachers, the plumbers and carpenters. And so we are, we, we thought what better way to build a brand than to start our own retail store to get it out there. I love that. And we'll dig into that more here in just a little bit. But for those familiar with the Fire and Salt brand and you, they may know that you're also related to another business, which really had a heavy hand in helping to launch and create Fire and Salt. So talk to us a little bit about Balance Forward and how this idea came to fruition for the Balance Forward team to eventually launch Fire and Salt. Balance Forward is a cattle feeding management company here in Nottoway, Iowa. And they have about 500,000 head of cattle under management around 13 states. 
And what they're doing is creating opportunities for mid-market cattlemen. And we believe that um, these mid-market cattlemen are getting taken advantage of a little bit. So that's the reason kind of around fire and salt is it's almost that farm to table uh, type business. So we're taking our or balance forward beef and our customers beef and processing it, packaging it and reselling it as a high quality um, item in this retail store here. Yeah, I love that. And I think this is coming at a great time because we've seen a lot of legislation, lobbying, and just ultimately, like you said, cattle producers that are feeling like they're getting taken advantage of by the big meatpacking facilities. And so I think we've seen this revolution during COVID and now post-COVID of small processors that are willing to do the extra thing and do what's right here and ultimately sell their goods directly to consumers. So as you look at as you look at Fire and Salt, Mason, I love the name. I love the branding. Um, and just the idea of it is is such a fun way to connect people both in the agricultural space and outside of the agricultural space. But you mentioned the storefront there in Corning, Iowa, which is in Southwest Iowa, for those of our listeners not familiar with Corning. Talk to us about the experience that people have when they walk into the storefront. This is one of the the most fun retail shopping experiences you could experience in this area so we bought an old bank building renovated it kept some of those nice features um right on main street corning and as soon as you walk in you're gonna hear music playing you're gonna be greeted by what we call beef technicians which are our sales associates our professional sales associates then we have so many samples it's not even funny you don't even need to go eat lunch or dinner wherever you're going after that it's it's dang near a free restaurant so we have hand selected all of our products in here and we've been to napa valley we've been to las vegas to the fancy food show we've been to dallas we've been to chicago we're planning to go to new york soon to hand select all these products and we are bringing in the best products as close to home as we can so for example all of our cheese comes from wisconsin we feel that we cannot find any cheese better around this area or closer than what's in Wisconsin. Obviously, we feel our beef is the most superior beef we can have, so it's all of our beef, but it's uh, every product that we sell in here complements beef and how we can uh, enhance that, that eating experience. I love that. So you can get cheese in the storefront. I assume you can probably get maybe a adult beverage to go with it or what else do you sell to go with the steaks? Yeah. So we have a, a very, very nice selections of, of whiskeys. Um, our owner, Christy Drake, she has put countless hours in by countless. I mean, she's probably have a hundred hours in selecting a wine selection. We have a whisk, uh, excuse me. We have cigars. We have, um, Olive oil and balsamic vinegars that come from single estate farms in Italy. We sell that right here in Corning, Iowa. So um, our most recent product is we are flying in uh, flash frozen fish from the East Coast. Hmm. That's awesome. Mason, it sounds like you have like the funnest job in the world that you get to be managing this awesome beef experience. It is an absolute dream. Because you don't know what you're doing day in and day out, but you get to experience 
all the fun that goes on and, and basically lead the fun. Like uh, basically my job is to make sure our customers have fun. I love that. And they're, you're really connecting the customers. You're giving them this amazing experience. And I watch your Facebook page. You're also giving them some classes as experiences as well. Talk to us about some of the classes that you've put together. We did one of our first classes uh, probably two months ago, and that was a wine tasting class. And who knew that the the uh, the glass you drink your wine out of can totally change <laughs> the the flavor and the aroma of the wine you're drinking? So we we sold out of that class within I don't know probably three days. We sold fifty seats, sold out in three days, and it was a great deal for our customers. And, Right now in Coring, we, we, uh, purchased an old, old building a two blocks away from our storefront. We are, we completely gutted it. We're redoing that whole building. Um, half of it to be a warehouse to start shipping, um, holiday gift boxes, boxed beef, uh, and our other products. But the other half will be a consumer friendly, uh, a space. So we're going to put a commercial kitchen in there in a classroom setting and we're going to do cooking classes, wine classes, whiskey classes, maybe a cigar class. You never know what we're going to come up with. Oh, I love that. I'm definitely going to have to come down sometime for one of those classes. We'll save you a seat. <laughs> well, I know it hasn't all been fun and games. It's been a it's been a long process, a labor of love, really, for you guys to come up with this idea and now put it into inception. So how long did this process take and what were some of the steps and challenges that you ran into along the way that you thought, wow, I never would have thought of that when I was you know, thinking through and designing this idea? Great question. So I started on this project two years ago, and we've only been open for five months now, uh, if that can give you sort of any idea of, of kind of some of those hardships. But this idea has been brewing in our owners, Todd and Christy's heads for years, and we're just finally putting it into play here. And, you know, the the biggest challenge is trying to create that unique experience you know you don't want to you don't want to be that the same as the hy or the same as fairway or the same as any other retail store because you know that's what makes our customer base you know come to us we're creating that destination so just apart from finding that unique um position for us it, it's mostly just that operational stuff you know working with the state working with our suppliers our producers you know a lot of them don't want to give uh kind of that time of day to a small company like ours but once you tell them our dream and our passion of taking this bigger bigger and bigger and bigger than corning iowa it's like it makes sense so we really have to have our ducks in a row of and have that visionary um idea in our head already to to have all these other people kind of buy in and, and work with a small business. So Mason, you mentioned you've only been in business five months now and you've already had all these great, these courses, you're shipping meat all over the country. You're having people into the storefront. What does the next five months look like for fire and salt? So as we get into the holiday season, obviously it's, we're going to focus on that Thanksgiving, that Christmas, and then, um, kind of phase two of our business in the in the early 2024 so we're we are going to be shipping uh holiday gift boxes for thanksgiving and, and for christmas and uh we shipped our first box last week to seattle washington so that was exciting we have one on our way to, to florida right now um 
Delaney, you were kind enough to let us test one out on you and give us some good feedback. So we appreciated that. But next, uh, you know, in early 2024, we're, we will be opening that customer friendly space just two blocks away from us and, and our warehouse. Uh, to really hone in on phase two and bringing that that next piece of the business to Corning. I love that. And yeah, I was glad to test a meat box. Who wouldn't want to get a free box of steaks to just <laughs> test and grill and cook? So that's right. <laughs> it was uh, an easy, easy assignment. But yeah. Mason, as you look at inviting people into the storefront, talk to us. What are your hours? How can people find you online? Absolutely. So right now we're open Tuesday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then Wednesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Or you can go to our website, uh, fireandsaltco.com, and definitely check us out on Facebook. Uh, send us a message, post a picture. Uh, we'd love to hear from you on there. Awesome. Well, Mason, thanks so much for joining this morning. This has been really fun, and it's a really, really neat program and hopefully an inspiration to other people listening, thinking, I would like to go that direct-to-consumer route. But if we have any farmers that are interested in potentially partnering with Fire and Salt, tell them how they can find you. Yeah, definitely go to our website. You can find some of our contact information on our website. Um, or just uh, you know, feel free to give us a call, send us an email. Um, all that information is on our website, Facebook. So we'd love to hear how we can work together. Obviously, we're all for win-win situations. So. Awesome. Well, Mason, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And this has been a really fun conversation for our Friday episode. Thanks, Lenny. I appreciate you very much. Well, again, what a fun conversation there with Mason to have for today's Friday conversation. We really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. And honestly, I, I tell you what, that was probably one of the best home-cooked steaks I have had in quite some time. And not to discredit the beef we get from our local farmer, but it was some really good beef. So if you're ever in Southwest Iowa, be sure to check out Fire and Salt there in Corning, Iowa. Or as Mason said, you can also buy their steaks online. And I might be doing some holiday boxes, I think, for presents this year for Christmas. So excited for that as well. But thanks again, listeners, for tuning in with us to another week here of the Ag News Daily Podcast. We hope you have a safe and happy harvest this weekend. And with that, I'm going to let you go and see you again on Monday.